This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to Double Tap Express for Saturday. It's the 25th of November, 2023. Pop, pop, and one month to Christmas! Oh, oh no. You're listening to Double Tap Express. Your weekly roundup of what's happening on Double Tap this week. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Uh, do you know, I'm kind of thinking about Dane again, because I always think about Dane at this point of the week, because uh, he will often do the old uh, pop, pop for us. Pop, pop. Harp along, oh, Mastodon, Dane. yeah. Uh, hello to everybody on Mastodon, by the way. All you lovely people. That's a lovely place on there. <laughs> Why did I moan about it? Mo- oh, moan about it. Did oh, I, 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 I made a little joke there, uh, well, <laughs> and I didn't even realise. <laughs> well done. That was actually quite good. Well done, you. you. I actually downloaded Moon and tried to log in once again to Mastodon because it is such a great place. Yep. And um, I've totally forgotten my name on there my server i have oh, well no done. idea so Stephen, help me you're my well, only yeah, hope. you've already asked me on a message and i've yeah, already you ignored, ignored you there yes um clearly you're not getting the hint uh i have well, tried to ignore you on this but it's not working if i do it I on air you can't ignore this the people That's have true. heard is it um sean shed or something is, is you're not always sean of the shed or something should, should we just throw out random names out there and, and you know no we shouldn't i, I love that I, we're doing this on air this is brilliant well <laughs> that's that's the way we work hello and welcome to double tap yeah it's express this week and uh, you Arp, might have Arp. noticed you know <laughs> thank you uh, you might have noticed uh, and normally on the show at this point we're kind of diving into stuff because there's so much to talk about and so many interviews to play in. uh, not many interviews this week because <gasps> we talked too much that's the problem. I've already had him on the phone. Uh, he's not happy. Um, well, he's not angry, though. He's just he's disappointed. Exactly. I think that's the worst kind, that's isn't worse. it? That's worse. We've it's, let ever, him you ever down. Had your, ever a partner say that to you? I'm disappointed. And you're like, oh. Yes. That's <laughs> very, very often. Yeah, I know. Me too. I get it a lot. I mean, it's been a long, It's not been that long we've been together, but, it, it, you know, it's happened. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I just want to see, quickly say hello to everyone on Mastodon, because you've all been getting in touch and... Uh, Saying nice things. Oh, um, I'm missing it. I want to be on Mastodon. Come on. What's my details? Can can you uh, can you SMS Shed my deets Sean. over? Yeah. Could don't. someone get in touch with Sean and tell him what he is on there? <laughs> Thank you. No, don't do that. Um, I want to say hello to Marco who got in touch. I, I want to know how you're getting on with uh, your new iMac because I know it arrived, Marco. So I'm intrigued to know what's going on with it. How you're enjoying it? Because I must admit, since you got it. You've been very quiet. So either you're having way too much fun and you've no time to mm. even send a message on, on Mastodon to people to say how wonderful it is all going, or you've had the worst experience ever and you're spending the next few days standing in a queue to take it back. I don't know which, where, which one. He may be sobbing in a dark room with buyer's yeah. regret, or he may be extremely happy. We just have no way of knowing at this point, Stephen. And you certainly have no idea of knowing. Oh. Or way of knowing. Or idea, generally. (laughs) Um, So, coming up today on The Express, we are going to revisit our conversation with Mark Walker. He is from TechShare Pro, well, AbilityNet, actually, it runs TechShare Pro. We're going to tell you all about the big event that happened uh, just uh, tail end of the week before last strike. It was the week before and we caught up with That's the Mark confusing. on Mondays. I know it's not confusing at all. Tail end of the week before last, that wasn't last week. 
I feel like I'm doing some kind of riddle for you. A riddle you this. <laughs> this Sorry, interview carry happened on. this week yes. following an event that happened the previous a week. A recent event. There we go. Bro from Ability do. Well Thank done. You. You, are, uh, you are on top form Thank today. you. Thank you. Why don't you host this thing and I'll just go and lie down somewhere? Because um, I can't. You carry on. You're the professional. Uh, Lovely Lena has been in touch. Don't we just love Lena? Uh, you've been in touch telling us all about some cool things, like, for example, air fryers, analog air fryers, I'll oh, have you know. That's a yes. clever uh, name for it. And also giving us some important travel advice. Now, people will know that we're uh, planning to meet up today. So we actually put this together on Friday because we're both mm. traveling right now. We're actually both traveling as we speak. We should have, no, we should have met by now, shouldn't we? We should be in we should be in a, a restaurant at this time. Yes. And we should be uh, laughing like hyenas. <laughs> witty banter, witty banter. Yes, um I will be where, eating with my hands. Uh, can I make where, that clear? Where is the way out? <laughs> How do I get back to the train? That's all I'm interested in. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get some interesting travel tips from Lena, which is cool. It's one of our favourite topics. So she uh, dropped in with a message on that this week. And also your demonstration, which I've got to say again, you're a hero to all of us, Sean Priest. Oh, this me? Week. Oh, you were yes. actually talking to me. Oh, thank actually, you. Actually, for once, talking to you. Uh, you're a hero this week because you did deliver a wonderful demonstration of the Be My thank AI you. feature. Uh, thank in you. particular, the way to connect with Microsoft's dad, um, not the st- father of Microsoft, to be very clear, the Disability Answer Desk. Dad. Yes, um, now manned by AI, and yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get into that, we're, and we're going to play you the full version <gasps> of that oh, uh, demonstration. Thank you. Is that my Christmas present? That's it. That's your Christmas present yes. from Double Tap. Did you like it? I, I, I'm amazed. We must be short of content because previews. You said <laughs> I'm not playing that. It's far too long. <laughs> Do it again, Sean. So put it thank on the you. website. There you go. <laughs> uh, but no, no. This week um, we're giving you the chance to hear it in full, exclusively on Double Tab Express. <laughs> And it has nothing to do with time filling. Nope. Uh, right, before we get to all of that, uh, let's catch up with the news. Now, of course, the news this week, I don't know about your inbox and, and your RSS feeds, but for me, it's just all been Black Friday deals. There's very little actual yes. news this week. But Grace Schofield is here with the headlines that have made it through the Black Friday deals. Thanks, guys. So just days after he was fired by the OpenAI board, Sam Altman is set to return to the firm he co-founded as CEO, alongside a brand new board. In a post on X early Wednesday morning, the AI firm said that it had reached an agreement in principle for Altman to return and that Brett Taylor, the former CEO of Salesforce, would chair a new initial board, which would also include former U.S. Secretary of the Treasury Larry Summers and Quora CEO Adam D'Angelo, who is an existing board member. Altman, who took a job at Microsoft after his controversial ousting on Friday, said he was looking forward to returning to OpenAI, which created the famed ChatGPT language model-based chatbot. More than 730 of OpenAI's employees, around 95% of the workforce, signed an open letter on Monday, threatening to quit the firm if Altman wasn't reinstated. The reasons for Altman's dismissal remain unclear. Staying with OpenAI, The company announced this week that its voice-enabled ChatGPT is now available for all users for free. This update brings voice interaction capabilities to everyone. It's been a long night for the team and we're hungry. How many 16-inch pizzas should I order for 778 people? 
For a large group of 778 people, assuming an average of three slices of pizza per person, and each 16-inch pizza provides around 12 slices, you'd need to order around 195 pizzas. This ensures everyone gets at least three slices. Apple has made waves by confirming that it will support RCS messaging on iPhones starting next year. This major move is expected to bridge communication gaps between iOS and Android users, offering enhanced interoperability and maintaining the familiar green bubble indicator for RCS messages. Sonos has announced it will launch over-ear headphones and a set-top streaming box next year. These products are set to compete directly with Apple's AirPods Max and Apple TV, with features like voice control and synchronization with other Sonos devices. The company is also developing an Android-based operating system for its set-top box. And finally, Microsoft is broadening access to Windows with a new app that allows users to connect to a Windows PC remotely from any device, including iPhones, iPads, Macs, and PCs. The app integrates with services like Windows 365 and Azure Virtual Desktop, signifying a shift towards more cloud-based computing services from Microsoft. That's your Double Tap News for this week. I'm Grace Scofield. Thank you, Grace. And a shorter than usual uh, news this week, because quite simply, that's really all that was going on. Those are the big stories. Sam Altman, of course, was another huge headline this week. And that became a little bit gossip girl, uh, to be perfectly honest. It was good, but, you know, it was an interesting ride. But quite frankly, I don't really know where we ended up at the end of all of this. Well, um, now, yeah. to continue the gossip. Oh, you, All right. Okay. So... Has he still got that job with Microsoft? Has he now got two jobs? I mean, that's some turnaround. What time is it? I, I, it's hard to know, <laughs> right? I mean, it's changing all the time. It does seem as if he's back. So it seems like he's back at OpenAI. Um, the board, it's its clear the board is gone, or the board has certainly uh, been They're diminished. Gone. Yes. And, the, and Sam is back with all of the people who were there originally. Now, uh, the story goes, and there was a report, I think Reuters put, published a report this week, um, Mark referenced it on Access Tech Live this week about plans. Because I think I said to you, I'm fairly sure I said to you at some point, either off, off air or on air, about this decision for Sam to go. You know, is it anything to do with the fact that OpenAI or ChatGPT was just getting too powerful? Kind of laughing it off like a, yes. <laughs> it's going to kill us all moment. Um, well, apparently, yeah, apparently that, was, <laughs> that might have been the issue. Uh, oh. He's perhaps seen something uh that has or they he hasn't perhaps told the board at that stage um oh why what's how, he not told them well we don't know that's the thing we all we know is that apparently gpt was was kind of getting a little bit too <gasps> powerful have we got that clip from frankenstein uh no i know i didn't know so, <laughs> it's <laughs> alive I, I know it's like it does feel like something was going on and because he didn't report that to the board uh, they think that's why he was fired in the first place. Because that was the first question I had, right? Why was he fired? Hang on. Because Sam didn't report that um, ChatGPT is now sentient and a conscious <laughs> being, uh, that he got the sack. Is that yeah, what Stephen much. Scott is saying? Oh, yes, I, yes. But with no facts or knowledge <laughs> on this really beyond this Reuters report, which is, is sketchy at best because we don't really know. Um, and I guess if it is, if that is the case... They probably want to shut that story down pretty quick. No, no, no. I'm sorry. If, if the one man alone knows 
the true power of the the, the system they're working oh, on. Oh, no, I don't think I don't think there's that's something the case. structurally wrong in that organisation. No, I I don't think it's that. I mean, it's again, got too much we don't, power. We don't know the detail. Too much, oh, too much okay, for one well, man. Well, this, he's it's back not in a charge god. Of it, so uh, you know, <laughs> I'd start worrying if that's the case. Uh, so yeah, that was really the main story of the week. What else happened? Well, of course, we did hear, of course, about Apple and the RCS messaging thing. Again, that's good news, I guess, for what Android users. Is that good for for us in any way? For I us know, Apple I think people? it is good for us because how often have we said I feel locked into this because of I know so many people that won't use WhatsApp, which I mm. feel actually is the global communication platform. I think WhatsApp is great, but there's lots of people that don't like Meta or the privacy uh, T's and C's and won't use it. And you've got to respect that, right? So mm. if there's another universal global platform, why are we locking ourselves into, okay, if you're on an iPhone, you've got to use iMessage and you can't. Eh, I'm not into You know what? The one thing I hate about this story is the constant going on about the green bubbles or the blue bubbles mm. or whatever it is. I couldn't care less. But this is a good, this is a good thing. If I think Europe, actually, well done, Europe. You're doing some great things. That USB-C um, switchover is fantastic. There. Yeah. You talk about wielding power. I think the EU has more power than OpenAI at the moment, to be perfectly <laughs> yes. honest, which is kind of maybe a little more concerning. I don't know. Depends well, on yeah, you but To be things. fair, it, it, it seems to be common sense rulings at the minute. Uh, I suppose it depends on your... Yeah, uh, your position, Again, political leanings, right? It's, it's well, yeah. not even political, but I mean the 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 sense of having a universal charging standard mm. that makes total sense to me, surely. And the ability to communicate, no matter what platform you're on, I mean, all the reasons for locking someone in, they really are just profit related, right? I do find it funny though that there are still people, and I was reading stories about this recently, that will not date someone. If they find out that that person is either or, don't believe it. So it's like you know they find out that you're an Android user, and it's like, well, you know, it was lovely spending time with you. You, you know, up until this point seemed like the perfect guy or girl, Uh, but you know, (laughs) all of a sudden, deserves a a lonely, lonely life. If you're going to be that, I think you're going to have a lonely life if that's your attitude. (laughs) If, If that's how you base relationships, if you base it on the phone someone has. Uh, yeah, I mean, in my day, it was, oh, you've got an Nokia 3300. You must be a millionaire. <laughs> uh, anyway. I, had, I had one with the LED faceplates on, a gold faceplate, I will let you know. Yes. Because yes. I was a bit of a player. Um, I was cool. Yeah, of snake. Uh, so moving on, um, Sonos headphones. Do we care? Uh, apparently the AirPod Max killers. I think, to be honest, any pair of headphones is an AirPod Max killer. Just saying. Um, well, I mean... Uh, let me hold your feet to the fire. What do you mean by that statement? <laughs> I shall tell you. Okay. Uh, I think these are fantastic uh, headphones to wear if you're in the middle of a storm because they're so heavy, they will hold you in place. Oh, I see what you said. Very clever. Like the, um, the Vision Pro, apparently. It's so incredibly mm. heavy. They're thinking about adding an accessory to basically winch it off the top of your head. Like I always used to say on the radio, whenever it was a windy day, I'd always say to the parents on the radio, I'd suggest that, you know, they put some extra change in the child's pocket, you know, because it's rather windy today. Um, Ah, That was very good. Nowadays, I would say, give them a pair of AirPods Pro Max. Um, They'll never leave the ground. It's a Um, bit more expensive of an option. Yes, um, granted. Well, things have changed. 
You've got um, yours. I, I, and I'll be honest, I don't hear you talk about them very often. Well, well never, it, in fact. It's funny, right? I do. I found a couple of things with them. I mean, the weight is the one that really irritates me. However, they are still incredible headphones. Um, I think the weight kind of, what it does is when you're wearing them, especially the way I do, well, like anybody does, they just kind of almost cave in on your head a little bit because they're so heavy that they kind of just, from the, you know, from the bottom, they kind of start to, to push out. So you, you don't feel like they're sealing around your ears the way you would like them to, like any other mm. pair of headphones would. Yeah. Again, I think that's the weight. But on top of that, the battery life is starting to get worse. It's not lasting as long. They're not getting all the latest updates that you get with the AirPods Pros. So, you know, it's weighing up. I mean, I do love wearing them, and I do love wearing them because I love the sound. I love how they dull outside sound, and I can't wait to see what they do with the new version. I'm sure they'll bring out a Max 2 at some point. And when they do, uh, that uh, please, Apple, make them lighter. Uh, bring in all the features of the AirPods Pro 2, because I think in that form factor, they're really nice. I find when I, was, when I got them at first, I used to love just walking around the house wearing them all the time because I could even feel conversations were just more enjoyable. And with that adaptive transparency capability, honestly, I, I know it sounds your, crazy, but Your conversations but honestly, have the Apple filter applied the to filter. them, and they well, sound so much better. I know, I know friends of mine whose kids have autism, and they were finding them so much more enjoyable to wear because a lot of kids with autism do tend to wear these big, chunky headphones to try and dull out noise. But this could almost dull the background noise for you just enough so that you could relax, you could enjoy your environment, you could still talk to people, still hear everything. To be fair, there's lots of headphones that do that without yeah, the expense yeah, yeah. of but, putting a crook in your neck. Well, that's the problem, right? Because you're right, there are other ones that do it, but no, I don't think anything quite is... There's something about the sound. Something like about Apple. the sound. Here he is. But the weight does destroy it for me, unfortunately. It just gets in the way. So uh, I'll be intrigued to see what they do. The weight, it has to be a concern. I mean, it's one of those things they've built a really well-built, solid piece of, of kit yes. but it's just too solid you know it's like wearing a tank on your head there's nothing wrong with a little bit of plastic it's fine yeah it's okay apple you know you can you can kind of lean up a little bit on the aluminum or the titanium oh what's the lightest one if, uh, we'll go with that one whatever the light one is go yes with that. cardboard we don't mind <laughs> cardboard yeah do that instead um Okay, so we've been talking this week as well uh, on the show quite a bit about the subject of Mike Calvo's interview uh, that we played out a week last Friday. There you go. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Well done. Um, we played out that interview where Mike talked about Humane AI uh, or the Humane AI pin, and he gave his reaction to it. And there's, you know, his thoughts on the lack of mention of any accessibility or disability. And lots of you got in touch this week to share your thoughts. Now, instead of replaying all that for you, I thought I'd play in this comment from Stan Luttrell, who got in touch with us. He wanted to share his thoughts. And I think, if I'm honest, this sums up everyone's thoughts on this one. So I thought, we'd let's just play this one and just wrap up this story for the week. Uh, this is Stan, who got in touch with us, uh, and his message following on from Mike Calvo's interview. I have some comments about the Michael Calvo Mike Calvo's uh, interview, and I, in a lot of ways, agree with him. I think it is important to point out, when we're talking about things like voiceover, voiceover only came about because there was a blind organization that 
threatened to sue Apple because of accessibility issues. And because I'm an even older fossil than Mike Calvo is, I think that I should provide a little history lesson for everyone. Now, I will point out that there used to be a company called GW Micro. I love their products. They used to make a, a screen reader called Window Eyes. Many of you will remember that. Window Eyes was uh, purchased by another company and then, well, they were kind of gotten rid of because it didn't fit into the product line. Anyway, I mention this only because GW Micro was enlisted by Apple to do some work with iTunes. There's a method to me going into this long diatribe because what happened was GW Mike was enlisted to do uh, some work with iTunes. Not, it was actually the app in this case or the website. Then after the website, after iTunes was done and they were, did their work, every time a customer would complain about iTunes that had a visual blindness or visual impairment, then the company would go and back to GW Micro and said it was their fault. In other words, there was a, there was a uh, hissing match that happened. Fast forward many years, Apple decided that they would enlist Freedom Scientific to make voiceover. Freedom Scientific did not want to do that at all. And I know because of us being a small community, they probably heard what happened with GW Micro because people in among our small group tend to talk. And so that forced Apple to make the screen reader that we love and use on our iPhones. I can't talk about the Apple computer because I don't use one. But I know that we wouldn't have what we have if it was not for the forcing Apple to build in from scratch, from day one. So I think that is something also for us to put in the mix to think about because we may not have what we have unless we go and speak out early and often. I know that people might find Mike Calvo's comment a little bit abrasive, and I don't argue with those that think that. But sometimes you have to um, speak up. And sometimes we're not, we're not, all of us are not going to be liked. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't speak up. And that's my two cents worth. 
use it or not, but at least you have the audio so you can throw darts at it if you want. Have a good day. <laughs> Take care. I think you're right. I think that's a perfect summary, basically, of, of a lot of the feedback that we got. Yeah, and it includes a lot of important historical stuff as well, which I think is, is good to Is that true? I, I, I didn't know that about Freedom Scientific being asked to take on the voiceover project. Um, well, I mean, I know all I know about the history of Apple and its issues with accessibility, and you know the the NFB's involvement in all of that. Yeah, I know about that side of it. Yeah, I've, well, I've heard that story. I'm still not 100 I mean, percent if that is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a true. lot of. Well, I think it had a part to play. Oh, it happened. Uh, f- it's factually for, uh, correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but whether or not it was the thing that made everything accessible, because there was a there was a turning point at Apple. Something switched now the, the rumor goes and it's all rumor but the rumor goes that when steve jobs found out that he had to legally under the americans with disabilities act make the itunes u content accessible the rumor is he said well if we're going to make that accessible we'll make everything accessible just make it accept- just make it available to people and yeah. it was almost like a throwaway remark like just get out of my office and leave me alone and fix it it's very Steve Which Jobs. Sounds like something Steve Jobs <laughs> would do. I don't think he sat there and thought, let's help the blind people. Um, he might have thought that, but I don't know. It didn't come across that way. He he wasn't thinking in those ways. He didn't yeah. act in those ways. No. So I think that would be closer to it. The Freedom Scientific story, I'm not as as up on. I'm, I'm kind of trusting Stan's on, and his knowledge on this because he'll yeah. know more about it likely than we do. Um, but I, I find it... Yeah, I find the history of all of this really interesting. It is. I didn't know much about the GW Micro story. It wasn't a story that played out well or very much over here, I don't think. No. I, I, it's funny, just hearing that name, I suddenly went, oh, yeah, I know that name, and I couldn't, yeah. for the life of me, place it. Wasn't Windowwise available free with Office at some point? Yeah, I remember vaguely that. remember that, yeah. 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 Interesting, though, but thank you, Stan. Appreciate the comment, and keep your comments coming, but we are going to park that story uh, because, of course, we've been talking about it now for the best part of a week. And it is a very interesting interview, yes. of course. But, you know, we, we have to move on. And uh, I think, you know, it's up to Humane now to respond. So we will see what comes out of that. I did see a comment this week from the CEO of Humane re- reacting to someone who had commented saying to her that uh, that person's father was blind and they could really benefit from this. And her reaction was, and I don't have it to hand, I wish I did, but I don't have it to hand directly. It was along the lines of, well, this could be really good for blind and partially sighted people. Uh, it could be a really useful product. It was very vague. It, it didn't that specifically go into... That is extremely vague. Well, yes. Of course, it, it didn't go it into any be, detail as to but how... It also might not be. Well, it, you know, it, she's mentioned the word blind. That's a start. So we should we should start. That's a That's a beginning of a conversation, I think. Okay. Who knows? Maybe she's listened to the Mike interview. Maybe she's heard us talking about it. Who knows? Yeah, I hope so. But we shall see. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Lena is uh, here to tell us all about her thoughts on analog air fryers. Hello, Double Tappers. A listener asked about air fryers, and I have one that I like a lot, which uses dials. And my friend has a different one that she has loaned me for this recording, which also has dials. First, I'm going to talk about the Bella Pro, which is available from Best Buy. It usually costs about 50 US dollars, 
for Black Friday. It's on sale for half price. It is a three quart. It has the usual features, a basket, a handle that doesn't get hot, a crisping tray. The top knob is a slider, so I can slide it to the right to increase the temperature. The bottom knob is a clock face style timer. And turning it clockwise increases the number of minutes. The mainstays 2.2 quart air fryer belongs to my friend and is available from Walmart. It has two knobs. The top knob is for temperature and the bottom knob is for time. It also comes with the usual basket and crisper tray. The handle on the basket does stay cool. Both air fryers have baskets with non-stick coatings. They're both about the same size and take up about the amount of space as a 9 by 13 pan would if you set it on the counter. Of course, it is taller. The Mainstays is a little bit taller than the Bella Pro, even though it handles a smaller amount of food at one time. The Bella Pro has a slightly stronger motor at 1300 watts, is slightly louder when it is being used. They're both really easy to clean and work well. Both machines have a temperature range of 175 degrees Fahrenheit through 400 degrees Fahrenheit. In the smaller sized units, there are a number of analog air fryers. I'm only talking about these two because I have first-hand experience with them. Eat well. Thank you, Lena. Always good to hear from you. This is Double Tap. You're listening to The Express. Now time to revisit TechShare Pro, AbilityNet's biggest gathering of tech experts to talk about all kinds of interesting topics. And with me now to discuss it and review the event this year is Mark Walker from AbilityNet. He's their head of communications. Great to have you back with us. Uh, thanks, David. I was good to catch up with you. And, and um, just to be just to put in context for you and the listeners, this is uh, the day after three days of TechShare Pro. I got back to my house today after being up in Canary Wharf. We were hosted by HSBC. We had we we're back in person. It's funny saying that because we've been hybrid, really, but this was properly back in person for the first time. The last time we really got together was 2019. In, in a, we had a fantastic time in Google HQ in, in London. Um, we were in Canary Wharf this year and HSBC. Uh, and for anybody who's getting back out into the worlds of conferences and, and, and actually stepping back into that in-person experience, there's a certain joy in it at the moment. I think that people are seeing one another across the corridor and sprinting across for a big cuddle. <laughs> it was that sort of event. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, tell as well. us. Everybody wants to chat. Everybody just wants to chat. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us about TechShare Pro. For those who have never heard of it, Mark, uh, tell people what... Uh, AbilityNet and, and TechShare Pro itself. Sure. Is. Well, um, so AbilityNet is a UK charity. Um, we've been around a long time, 20-odd 20, 20 years, more than 25 years now. We work across disabilities, all all disabilities of all types, um, helping people find and use the technologies that are going to help them 
sort of flourish and be productive and, and, and achieve their goals at work, at home, in education, is how we say it. I mean, and our vision that we describe is a, is a digital world accessible to all. So, so recognizing the power of technology to do good for people with disabilities and the need to, to, you know, build accessible services and solutions, um, across the piece. So whether that's websites and apps or TVs or any kind of digital interface that, that, that we experience in our lives. Um, it, so I'm painting deliberately an incredibly broad picture of what we're trying to do at any given time. And, and TechShare Pro is our annual conference. Um, uh, TechShare was an RNIB event that was going on for many years that was more of a consumer-based event, um, bringing the technologies out for people to come and see and try and, and, and use, try out and review and use. We're the pro bit of that, which means we're more about the people who are making that stuff, the people who are building technologies. Um, a lot of people who come to our conference have the word accessibility in their job title or a role that links to that or they're a champion for accessibility in their organization they may be a designer they may be a coder they may be a policy person they may be an hr person somehow they're part of the process of making their organization more accessible um, we think about the employee experience of, of working and being productive as a disabled person and, and and the ways in which technology can enable you to do that we think about the consumer experience. You know, is it possible to buy and use digital services and products uh, equitably and, and accessibly? Um, and we we had some we had a great sessions about gaming, about accessible gaming, which is a load of great stuff is happening in that area. We had stuff about um, uh, media representation of disabled people and the ways in which technology uh, is influencing us across all media. Uh, we talked about AI inevitably and, and, and the ableism, which is um, inherent in, in AI. Uh, you know, AI is garbage in, garbage out. And, and you know, so, so much of the data in AI is biased about gender and race and other things. And it's equally biased in terms of disability. And we, we talked about that. So a, a great smorgasbord of content, really. And um, it was in, as I said, it was in London, uh, about 150 people in the room. Uh, I've just looked, there's 1,500 registrations online, um, a load of sessions that, that people could talk and chew over with great people. We brought in people like Stephanie Cadu, who I know you've spoken to relatively recently from Canada. She flew in and became part of a panel about policy. Um, she's the chief accessibility officer, which they're the only government with that role. Uh, we had Sarah Herlinger from Apple. I noticed she popped up in your, in your relatively recently talking about what they're doing. Really interesting bunch of people gathered together, chatting, chewing the fat for two or three solid days. Uh, but but really, people who are at the heart of the decisions, people who are the, at the heart of the technology, which is driving a lot of uh, today's tech and future tech as well. And that's the important bit about TechShare Pro, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, and I think... Uh, we, because we've been going a little while, I, I, and, and then bringing people back together, I was I was sitting there thinking, we've got the head of accessibility from Sony, from Apple, from Google, from Microsoft. You know, these are the sort of big tech companies. We've had Samsung involved and Lenovo. So you've got the tech companies, and it, and it's that's one thing uh, that still blows me away a bit when I'm sitting there with these people on the panel and we're talking through this stuff. Going, this is a 
uh, you are the people who are making almost every gadget around us accessible. It's incredible. But you've also got a lot more now around disability inclusion within the workplace. A lot of DNI, diversity and inclusion professionals. Um, we had the had the global head of diversity from HSBC. HSBC has, I think it was about eighty thousand employees or something like that. It's a huge company. She's the global head, sitting on our panel, chatting about the ways in which they try and bring disability inclusion into the workplace and make made the workplace more inclusive and the role of technology in it. So you've you've got senior movers and shakers talking about the stuff that we talk about all the time, you know, the tech bit that you you connect into too. But people using our language from from very senior positions is really inspiring to know that they are tuned into that wavelength now, that they they are seeing this stuff come to the surface and they recognise its role. Um uh, you know, because the power of that is, of course, that that makes the workplace more accessible, and and, and disability and employ and, and employment is such an important topic that you know we there's so many disabled people are not fully employed, not fully productive, and so you're looking at these big employers saying this is really cool. You're really seriously trying to tackle this issue now. So yeah, I, that's the stuff I love is that you got you got the apples and the and the Microsofts and the others, and then you got these amazing people with incredibly important roles in other organizations and you're bringing these two worlds together and and then i must say the final part is that we always 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 put lived experience at the center of those conversations so i'm always sitting there on the stage i do a lot of the hosting sessions listening to the stories of disabled people talking about their experiences so this is not through the lens of the purple washing sort of angle we're always doing our best to to probe that little bit further and say, what are you actually doing? How much of this is really changing the life of the, of the people who are in your organization? So, yeah. And I- yeah, because there's, there's people like me who t- turn on my iPhone, you know, every day and, or, you know, pull out my Apple Mac book and still have challenges with voiceover and still have issues and think, this is great. We're having all these wonderful conversations and everyone's so excited. But, you know, voiceover still tells me Safari not responding. So what's what's going on, right? So there's that that lived experience is key in amongst that. Of them. course. And that's the one that I think, you know, we're, I think the other mantra that you hear an awful lot about, because we talk a lot about inclusive design as a, as a, a goal, if you like, um, uh, people who are building things should be thinking about disability amongst a, a number of other sort of key issues around inclusion. Uh, and then if you're not listening to the user, we always say that, and if you're building anything, make sure you draw people into the conversation you're going to use your product. Make sure you're listening to what disabled people are saying about your product. And that's why they're on our stage is because they're actually, they represent that interest when we're talking about those conversations, when we're, we were talking about ableism and AI. Um, and, you know, a couple of people on the stage are, are talking about their own experience from their own point of view in terms of their disability. So it's, it's powerful, it's high level, and it's grounded in that disabled experience. That's the, that's the goal for me in terms of bringing it together. And, I, I, you know, again, looking back on the last few days, so much of what we've done has come, you know, the, the people speaking are, are the disabled community in their own sector, in their own place, in their own professional relevant role. That's the really cool bit, I think. You mentioned, uh, and of course, it's been the topic of discussion everywhere over the last year, and that is AI. Um, And there's a very different conversation, it would appear, just based on what you're saying, uh, within the disability community than perhaps there is out in the mainstream tech world, where everyone's very excited, and of course, everything's moving on at a pace. But it sounds almost like a a word of caution coming out of TechShare Pro this year, which is, let's think about 
the the impact of AI on disabled people, not just the tools that will help us all thrive, but actually the information that's being put out by AI. I I, I think it's I think. Well, there's a couple of bits. Yes, I think there is a disability angle to this that's unique, you know, around this conversation. I think there's broadly an inclusion angle, with, uh, you know, which which is this is an example of. I, I think that people are concerned about how uh, how AI may represent um, race or gender or, or other issues around inclusion, and, and and you know the connections between the data that it, that it has that it's using and where that comes from, and and then also the privacy aspects in terms of how your own data is being used in systems that are invisible to you and, you know, are in a black box and, and, and the lack of a transparency. That's a broad challenge, I think, in terms of what we hear about the recent government, you know, AI summit was that's why those things are there on the policy table at the moment is because there is a general concern about that. Then you boil it down to the disability stuff. And I think that there are particular concerns about the ways in which disabled people could benefit from this being outweighed by the risk of them also not having access to uh, equitable sort of access to the services um, because they're not designed for them. Wouldn't it be great if everything built in AI was accessible from now on? Wouldn't that, wouldn't mm-hmm. that be wonderful that you look back in 10 years time and say, thank goodness we did that right in the beginning because we're never going to reverse engineer in 10 years time. Um, it came up a couple of times. But imagine if they'd done that in the internet thirty years ago. Imagine if every web page was automatically accessible from nineteen ninety two onwards. We, you know, yeah. we would be living in a very different world in terms of people's access to the internet and on all the digital stuff we used to. That's if we can build it in now. If we can make these concerns, and you know, make tangible changes to what we're building because of these concerns, we won't have to do it again. And and by the way, you probably won't be able to do it later anyway because it'll be too late. You know, the genie will be out of the bottle, and there'll be too many things that you want to do that you can't do because it hasn't been made accessibly. So, yeah, I, I, the, the flip side of it, and the amazing positive stuff about you know giving people a voice and, and the way that you can train. Um, I mean, this was an Apple example, and, and being able to to, to train um, your phone to, to adopt your voice and, and and then be able to build construct sentences using your voice. Um, and whether, you know, that could be for someone with an, with NND or some other uh, issue in terms of locked in syndrome, you know, a number of different sort of pieces of technology on their own that are AI derived that will be transformational and almost magical in the sense of how they're going to work, you know. So we had lots of that, lots of the promise and the excitement about it. But as you say, that's un- un- underscored by a concern that this is going really, 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 really fast now, incredibly incrementally fast. And, you know, we're looking at chat GPT, you know, those are the sorts of mainstream sort of services that people are probably familiar with. There's some great examples of how you can ask chat GPT to make something. You can use it with, with the right prompts. You can use it to make the stuff you're doing more inclusive. And we were looking particularly at teaching. Um, to, you know, it, it, it can do a lesson plan. And somebody was saying that what they do with it is that they say, I want to be able to teach this topic. Here's the raw materials. By the way, three people in my room can't hear. They're deaf. Can you give me a lesson plan that would make it possible for deaf learners to engage in this content? And it will do it. And it will do it very well. And it will do it quickly and do make the, you know, it doesn't remove the teacher's role, but it makes that learning more inclusive. So that's really powerful. I think that's, that's amazing, you know. Back, back to the questions of 
privacy and concerns about. Uh, yes. It, <laughs> it's just to and fro at the moment. Nobody's quite sure where to put it. You can see the fear in some people's eyes going, oh, I know I really, but it's a robot. It's going to take my job, that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the fear. Yeah. That is a fear, but it's, and it's an understandable fear. But you know, also you know, we can't halt progress. And and when it comes to the AI train, it is thundering on, and uh, it's incredible. Uh, obviously, Texture Pro has happened for twenty twenty three, but the content lives on. The conversations will continue as well. Uh, lots of content coming online, I believe. So we'll, we ran the event on Zoom. Uh, it is possible to um, buy a ticket and get in. It was it was a, a, a ticketed event. Um, and all of the content is going to live there exclusively as a as a as a collection for um, through till uh, after Christmas. By which time we'll have pulled a load of content out and start publishing it out in terms of blogs and follow on content. And there were so many amazing conversations on so many different topics that um, all of that content will be followed up. We've done TechShare Pro now for seven years, as I say. We always spend the next six to nine months farming those conversations and diving in a bit deeper on some of the topics uh, uh, that, 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 that we know will will continue to live on. We had some incredible speakers and panelists who will then return to and talk to some more and learn more about their specialist areas that, you know, the deep dive on some of those topics that, that we got maybe a glimpse of, AI being an obvious example, I think. Um, and we had Microsoft there as well talking about Copilot. Um, I think, you know, in six months' time, a conversation that you and I would be having in this topic will naturally lead to Copilot. It's going to be a transformational tool. If you think about the number of desktops that have got Office on them and a device, and every copy of Office has the power of Copilot sitting alongside it, that's all the AI-driven stuff that will be visible to, you know, any millions of desktops, billions of desktops that have got Office on them. That's going to transform people's understanding of the power of AI, I think, and and, and it is accessible and it's designed to be accessible from the start. It, it's very, very powerful. So even that one topic, Copilot, I think that will become a a bit like a Hoover. You know, it will be a phrase that you you're going to be talking about your Copilot. I reckon that was the prediction. You know, it's not yeah. it's not going to be a Microsoft product. It's going to be a way that we interact with AI and it'll help us do stuff. That's the sort of language is just becoming to come out. And and that will be incredibly powerful for people with disabilities for 101 reasons. And that's where technology is taking us next, I think, particularly AI. I think that sort of assistive technology, but with AI at the heart of it, is going to be incredibly powerful. Mark, thanks for coming on. Lovely to speak to you, Stephen. Take care. And before we go, Sean has recorded a special feature for us all about Be My AI and the work they've done with Microsoft. It's a fact of life that computers don't always work as they should. But did you know that the app Be My Eyes is a great place to get help? Of course, I'm sure most of you already know about the amazing Be My AI feature, which gives incredibly detailed and informative descriptions of images. It's been a huge success and is just so incredibly useful. But now, AI has expanded inside Be My Eyes, and it's now available inside Specialized Help. Let's take a look. As luck would have it, I am having issues with my computer at the minute. Nothing major, but it's just annoying. So let's see if AI can help. Let's open up Be My Eyes and go to the Get Support tab. Once you double tap on here, you have the usual call a volunteer 
or what we're interested in is the specialised help button. Browse specialised help button. Now, if you haven't used specialised help before, you're missing out. It's so cool. It connects you directly to customer service departments of many, many different companies. And they can use the camera of your phone to see exactly what the problem is and help you. It's really cool. Once you're in the specialised help section, you will see a list of categories. And there's quite a few in here, ranging from personal health, food, games and toys, assistive tech, blindness. But the one we're interested in for the sake of this demo is technical. So swipe through the list and double tap on that. Technical button. We will now see a list of various different companies we can talk to. Now, what companies are in your list depends where you are in the world. They do change. So have a swipe through and see what's available. One company that should always be in that list, no matter where you are in the world, at least I think so, is Microsoft. And at the time of recording this, they are the only company offering support through AI. Although I do hope this changes. So let's swipe through and double tap on Microsoft. Open button. Now let's take a listen. What's on this page? The Microsoft Disability Answer Desk is where customers with disabilities get support with Microsoft Office and Windows. Always open. Info button. Supported languages. English. Dimmed button. Add to favorites button. Chat with Be My AI button. Call Microsoft button. Okay, so now we have two buttons here. We can get support using AI or we can talk to an actual human being. Obviously, I want to check the AI out, so let's double tap on that button. Be My AI, welcome to the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk. This is Be My AI from Microsoft. How can I help you today? We can try some basic troubleshooting steps. You can add a picture of your device to show the technical issue and also describe what you are trying to accomplish. If we can't arrive at a solution, then you can use the Call Microsoft button to contact the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk. Cool! Now, if you've used the Be My AI feature before, you'll be familiar with this kind of screen. Basically, it's just like a message conversation. So let's swipe on through and see what else is here. Call Microsoft button. It's nice to always have that ability to talk to a human being if you're not getting anywhere with this. Let's swipe on. Add picture button. If you think taking a photo of your computer screen, maybe there's some weird error message or something else on there, will help, then you can obviously do that with this button. Take a photo and add it to the conversation so the AI can see it, I guess, in air quotes. Let's swipe on. Message text field. And here's the text field where you actually ask your question. So I'm going to double tap in here. And type my question, which is... My Windows 11 PC keeps going to sleep even though I've set it to never sleep in the power settings. So that's the problem I'm having. I never want my computer in the shed to go to sleep. There's times where I need to remote access this shed computer from another computer in another place. But sometimes I can't because it's fallen to sleep. I know how it feels. So that's my problem. Let's swipe on. Clear text button. And again, send message button. That's the one we want. Double tap. Please wait. Be my AI is writing a message. Be my AI, I understand that your Windows 11 PC is going to sleep despite setting it to never sleep in the power settings. Let's try a few steps to resolve this issue. 1. 
Please ensure that your power settings are configured correctly. Press the Windows key, type Power and Sleep settings and press Enter. Make sure that both screen and sleep options are set to never. They are! What else you got? Two, check if there is any third-party software that might be overriding your power settings. Some PC manufacturers include their own power management software which can conflict with Windows settings. Oh, hang on! Three, update your drivers. Press the Windows key, type Device Manager and press Enter. Expand the categories and right-click on each device, then select Update Driver. Four. Check for Windows updates. Press the Windows key, type Windows Update and press Enter. Click on Check for updates. Please let me know if you need further assistance or if you're using any assistive technology that I should be aware of to better guide you through these steps. Oh, wow, that's surprising. I wasn't expecting that, assistive technology. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, As to my actual problem, it could be third-party software. This is a Lenovo laptop which does use... Lenovo software. I haven't checked that. So that's really cool. But I'm actually going to tell it that I'm using a screen reader. Let's see if it reacts any differently. So I'm going to swipe on to the text field again and type. I am using a screen reader called NVDA. Can you tell me those details again with this in mind? Now let's double tap on the send message button and see what it says now. Please wait. Be my AI is writing a message. Be my AI, certainly. I will provide the steps in a way that is more accessible for you while using NVDA Screen Reader. 1. First, let's ensure that your power settings are configured correctly. Press the Windows key to open the Start menu. Then, type Power and Sleep settings and press Enter. NVDA should read out the options. Use the Tab key to navigate through the options and make sure that both Screen and Sleep options are set to Never. 2. Next, Let's check if there is any third-party software that might be overriding your power settings. Some PC manufacturers include their own power management software which can conflict with Windows settings. Press the Windows key, type Control Panel and press Enter. Use the Tab key and arrow keys to navigate and check for any power management software. 3. Now, let's update your drivers. Press the Windows key, type Device Manager and press Enter. Use the tab key and arrow keys to expand the categories. When you are on a device, press the applications key, which is usually located two keys to the right of the spacebar, to open the context menu, then use the arrow keys. Oh, it stopped. But wow, I'm impressed, right? Told you the location, well, the usual location of the application key. It mentioned the tab and arrows. That was really cool. Now, this is a bit of a limitation when it comes to chat GPT in general. The truncation, I know, big words, of the answer. So it obviously hadn't finished telling me everything there. So I'm going to swipe through to the text field again and simply ask it to tell me more. Be my AI to navigate to update driver and press enter. Four. Lastly, let's check for Windows updates. Press the Windows key, type Windows update and press enter. Use the tab key to navigate to the Check for Updates button and press Enter. Please follow these steps and let me know if you need any further clarification or if the issue persists. If needed, you can use the Call Microsoft button to contact the Microsoft Disability Answer Desk for additional assistance. Very, very nice. I've got to say, I'm impressed with that screen reader-specific instructions there. I thought that was very nice.
But of course, the real question is, did it fix my problem? That's all we really care about. And I've got to say, I think it probably has. Now, I haven't tested this out yet, but third-party software overwriting my Windows settings, that's a direction I didn't even think about. And I think I've got a sneaking suspicion that's probably the case, but I will check that out. But I am impressed with this. It was really cool. And of course, you've always got that ability, if you need to, to talk to a real person. And it's just right there in the conversation. Very nice. Now, at the top of the screen, once you're done, you will find a end conversation button. And then you can say if you had a good experience or not. I think I did. So why not check it out? That's Be My Eyes and the new AI support feature from Microsoft. Sean Priest, you are a hero in my book. You Thank always you. are, and Thank you always you. will be. Thank you. Uh, that is it for today. Thank <laughs> you so much for being with us. That's the Double Tap Express. We are back uh, on Monday with a special series of episodes. Monday and Tuesday, we'll be joined by Robert Kinjit to talk all about his life as the blind author and journalist. Join us for that. Sean's taking a couple of days break. How dare you? Sorry. Uh, but however, I'll be here. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, speaking to Robert. Looking forward to that conversation. And we'll be back together on Wednesday. Have yourselves a great weekend. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.